Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we continue to welcome Julie Dietrich as one of our co-hosts as we conclude our discussion on Reaching the One. So George, you want to kind of get us introduced to today's episode? Yeah, so the whole podcast theme has been growing in our discipleship through using the five disciplines across two areas of our life. So we talk about prayer, scripture reading, meaningful conversations, blessing others, and worship. And we've changed the order. And you're so you always say them in a completely different order than I do, but that's okay. Some of that's good because we don't want anybody to think that one of them is more important than Correct. another. Correct, yes. All five of those have a role in our spiritual development and our faith walk. And from that flows out the way that we live our Christian life. And so as we look at our Christian life and we look at being a part of St. Peter's, we have a vision to grow younger and deeper. And so no matter how old you are, you can grow younger because we want to trust God more like a little child. And we want to grow deeper in our faith and trust in him. And so as we've been talking about that, we've got four motives that we'll be dealing with in the next few years. And we've talked about those in the last few episodes. And those are compelling community, resilient faith, potential of each person, and reaching the one. And Dustin and Julie have developed kind of a training session. That's probably the best way to describe it. But there's so much involved. If I've talked to people about it, they don't think of it as a class or a training session. It's an experience because they're experiencing how to share their faith, how to give the gospel to each one that they come in contact with. And that's the last thing, reaching the one, reaching the one. How do you reach the person in your life? so that they either come to know Jesus for the first time or grow in their relationship with him. And as we've gone through our lives, we can probably all think of those times when we've either blessed somebody that knew Jesus or we've introduced somebody to Jesus. Now, with your training session, you're helping people to have the tools as well as the comfort of being able to share their faith. And I think that's one of the things a lot of us get overthinking it. You know, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do this. I don't know the steps. So we've been talking in the last couple episodes about how do you just, in your everyday life, find those opportunities. And it is through the first three that we've been sharing that the fourth thing happens, through establishing a compelling community, through developing a resilient faith yourself, by seeing the potential of each person in your life, then you are able to reach the one. So that's a general overview to talk about a big concept of reaching the one. So have I missed something as I kind of gave that overview? I was just going to say, you know, you talked about help give people kind of the tools. And I don't know if it's comfort necessarily. I would say confidence because comfort, there's times where it is uncomfortable, right? And we have to kind of push ourselves outside of that comfort zone where hopefully we become more and more comfortable. But I think just knowing, okay, it's okay to step outside your comfort zone, but we're hopefully giving people the confidence and the skills and the tools to be able to do that. So Julie, do you have something to add? Something struck me when you said reaching the one and back in the fall when was it Pastor John said, who's your one? Or did Pastor Adam say that? One of the sermons. Or both of them. Or both of them. There was this question, who is your one? And I think we need to be careful not to get so stressed out about who is my one, because it might be more than one and it might not be like solely pouring into one person. 
I think it's more reaching the one as in what will my relationship be with this one person? What might my relationship be with that one person? I think it's a bigger thing than just one person or it could be one person, but not to put the stress of, I don't know who my one is yet. Who's my one? I can't do anything until I know who the one is. This whole process is about seeing what God has made you and equipped you for. And really about not getting caught up so much of reaching, like you said, the one, but like, how do I live out my faith every day? How do I live on mission and share the love and hope Mm -hmm. of Jesus with whoever God places in my path, whether it's somebody that I have a permanent relationship with, or maybe somebody that just passing and the opportunity arises and seeing the spirit at work. So, you know, in the training, Dustin, you talk about how we might meet somebody on a, if we want to call it a spectrum or a scale, and they may not be in a full relationship with Jesus at the point you meet them and maybe reaching the one is just about having a relationship with them and somebody else is going to come in and take them to a different level in their relationship with Christ. It may not even be us who actually does that work. So we can't put that pressure on ourselves. We just need to live by the spirit and his guidance to understand what role we play in someone's life. We brought that up. I don't know. I can't remember if it was last episode or two episodes ago when you made a good point of there may be times we see fruit, but if we don't, that doesn't mean we should get discouraged because we don't know how the spirit is using right. that as we're planting and watering. Again, this, the God is the one that does the growing. And so that person may be moving along and closer and closer and the spirit's working on them, but we may not see it and we may not see that fruit, but somebody else might later on because of the work that's been put in ahead of time. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think about the one, if we go back to what we talked about last week, which was the potential of each person, reaching the one is when that person comes into your life in some way, you recognize them as the one that at that time you need to talk to, but you've recognized them as an individual. You've gotten to know them. You've had that compelling community, that meaningful conversation with them so that as you talk to them, you're talking to them as a one person. It's not like the teacher that gets up and I'm going to share with everybody. It's I'm talking to you as the one. It's an individual. I know you. I know your potential, and I want to share something that's important to me. Before we get too far, George, can we kind of back up just a little bit as we introduced our Vision 28 with the Reaching the One? And I don't know if tagline is the right word, but the sentence that follows Reaching the One on our Vision 28, can you read that out for us? Yeah, so in our Vision 28, with the motive of Reaching the One, we have this tagline to explain it. We are connecting people to Jesus for the first time and keeping them connected for a lifetime. So again, as we were talking about before the podcast, sometimes it's introducing Jesus to somebody that doesn't know him. Sometimes it's encouraging somebody who has met Jesus but needs us to walk alongside them as they grow. And what we talk about is discipleship is a process, right? It's not an event. It's a process. And so even connecting someone to Jesus for the first time, you know, it's great, obviously, right, to see the Spirit at work and to be like, all right, see ya. But then giving tools of like, okay, now what do we do if somebody's like, well, I want to enter into a discipling relationship. What does that look like and how do I go about that? And we try to offer some tools with that as well. Like you said, maybe it's somebody that knows Jesus but been disconnected from the church or something like that. Some tools to kind of say, okay, how can I help walk alongside this person that's wanting to grow and how do I help them do that? So it's kind of a whole process type of thing that we're trying to present where it's not just trying to be like, okay, 
we're going to bring somebody to, you know, again, I'm saying it because we can, we don't bring anybody to faith, but like watch somebody come to faith and then step out and be like, all right, see ya. It's about, like you said, it's that relationship. When we talk kind of the words is relational mission. And it really, that's what it comes down to is relationships. Yeah. There's so many things that you can compare that to, you know, like I tell parents when they get children baptized, you don't put them in the water and then hang them out to dry. You continue to nurture your children as they grow in their faith walk. You know, if you compare it to the farmer, they don't just plant the seed, but then they're going through and they're they're watering it and they're fertilizing it. They're cleaning out the weeds in it. There is a care and a nurturing of faith that needs to happen besides just throwing it out there. You know, Jesus uses the parable of the seed. When you throw it in certain areas, it springs up right away. But if hard times come and there's nothing to support it, then it can wither away or it can get choked out by the cares of the world. The faith that grows within somebody is something that you need that compelling community to nurture that faith. You need other people around you. Those of us that have been in church our whole lives, we kind of recognize that, and sometimes we take it for granted. But I've had people that have encouraged me and nurtured me and challenged me to grow and to move along, and we cannot just throw that seed out there and then walk away. Now, again, somebody else may pick up for us, but we want to make sure we don't just leave people behind, which then also leads me to another thing we've talked about before. The one is not your project. Yes. You know, I don't go, that's the person I want to make sure they get into church. It's more about that one person that crosses your path. How can I be a witness to Jesus to that person? It's not, that's my job. And it's not always us kind of going into that and talking, talking, talking. It might be the complete opposite, just stopping to listen to what their story is and understanding their story and kind of almost differentiating, how am I going to respond to this person? How am I going to respond? You don't know until you know their story. So not to have an agenda that I'm going to just tell them everything I know, tell them my story, and then that's going to be the magnet, right? That's going to be the trick to get them to say, sign me up. It's more differentiated as his story is going to be different than her story. What is their story? And then accommodate that. Does that make sense, Dustin? Yeah, absolutely. We talked about this with the potential of each person. Everybody's unique. Everybody has a story. And then, like you said, it's so important that we listen, Mm -hmm. that we hear from people, that we don't go in with, uh, to your point, George, like a mindset of this is my project. This is how I'm going to fix you or how I'm going to save you or things like that. It's going in of how can I just genuinely care for this Mm -hmm. person and build a relationship? And sometimes it's they come to you. You know, it just depends. The biggest thing is just how do we be aware of those opportunities that God places on our hearts? And then when the Holy Spirit's nudging you, do you take that step or not? Because I can share numerous times that I didn't. And then afterwards, you know, and we can't continue to beat ourselves up, but I used it as a learning experience of like, okay, you know, I kind of missed an opportunity there. Learn from it until, you know, the next time of like, okay, when the Spirit's nudging me, take that leap of faith in that moment. And so as we continue into this, we've been talking about the five by two, and we really spent a lot of time on worship and prayer and scripture. But then now talking about blessing others and meaningful conversations, I think is just so important when we talk about reaching the one. And we can kind of dive a little bit more into that. But I thought maybe we could take some time of Julie, whether it's blessing others, meaningful conversations, or maybe it was something else. As you went through this training with me, what are some things that stood out? And then after that, George, if you want to kind of share some experiences you've had where you've seen impact, whether again, whether it's through that or just any words of advice that you may have. Well, the first thing that pops in my mind is just keeping it simple. 
I think we all tend to overthink things. I, I'm an overthinker. And if I overthink it too much, then I check out. And so keeping it simple and also listening to the spirit, because I, something that sticks out, especially in the last part of the training is if we overthink it, then we start building a plan and our plan and I've said this before, we are never going to be as creative as God could be. So if I'm overthinking it and over planning, and then my plan doesn't work, then I can feel defeated. If I just give it to God and let him show me the next step to take or the word to say, then it's of him. And then it's simple. I don't have to spend the time overthinking it. And I don't want to give too much away, but in the training, there's a video where they had a plan in mind to reach a set of people and their plan basically busted. It was a bust because the people on the receiving end didn't even know what to do with their idea. And so as we can work and work and work and think and think and plan and plan, but if it's of us, it's not a guarantee. If it's of God, it is. So that's the biggest takeaway. So I've said it before, like I grew up in a world of not knowing many people that were not Christian. And so for me, sharing the gospel meant, well, I don't know anybody. Well, I meet people daily, but I'm not opening my eyes to it. So if I'm praying and I'm asking God to open my eyes, the people are there. I choose not to see it if I'm not bringing him into the process. Does that make sense? Yeah. One of the things I heard as you were talking about is something we've talked before. You have some things that are organized, but some mm-hmm. things are organic. So you have some basic tools, but you have to be willing not to say, this is the exact path I have to take. I think that's some of the problems that we've had with other, quote, evangelism programs. It's do this, do this, do this, do this. And it's very organized, but it doesn't fit with what somebody needs or what somebody's ready for. Mm -hmm. And so that organic approach, you know some of the tools you need, so you're organized, but just opening up to that meaningful conversation, letting the spirit lead. It was something we were talking about earlier too, before the episode that just kind of popped in mind. You know, a lot of people will go, well, I'm not very successful. You know, I didn't bring this person to Jesus. And we want to say, well, is this a successful way of sharing the gospel? How do you define success? I don't know what God's doing in somebody's heart. I don't know what stage of the process of faith they are. Paul talks about somebody else planted, somebody else watered, somebody else actually did the baptizing. But it's the Holy Spirit that works through it all. So I would say that success is being and I'm going to use the word comfort, being more comfortable each time. It's uncomfortable because you've got to open up yourself. It's uncomfortable because you've got to take the time. Mm-hmm. But each time you share your faith, you get more comfortable with it. And so success is, I would say, you can judge your success on, is it easier this time than it was the last time to share my faith? Yeah, absolutely. There's a passage, if you throw your bread out on the water, but God's word never comes back without being blessed, right? So if I do what I should be doing, sharing and living my faith, God's going to bless it. I don't know how, but he's going to be blessing it. So my success is, am I able to do that more and more every day? Yeah, and when we talk about the blessing others and meaningful conversations, the reason I think it's so important is part of it is with this podcast, we can't get through everything that we get through in the training, but we watch some different videos and the Kairos Network, there's a LCMS pastor that leads that organization. He brings some other LCMS pastors into it, but they've been a huge resource for me. And so a lot of great stuff from them in there and videos and things like that, but To kind of sum it up a little bit, and again, it's hard to do that, spending time figuring out how can I bless somebody and just genuinely do that 
can then a lot of times lead to meaningful conversations where you're building that trust. You're saying, here's how I can bless you. And you have to be careful with that, right? You have to make sure you're not going overboard or you're not crossing boundaries or anything like that. But how can I bless somebody that then can lead to, okay, now I can have a conversation and then allowing them, as Julie said, to speak. And then we listen. And as that goes on, it can be a slow process. And I think a lot of times in our culture, we want that immediate, right? We want it right now. Um, We want to see that progress, but it's a slow process. And it takes time to genuinely show somebody that you care, that you're trustworthy, where then they can open up and then you can have that meaningful conversation and be able to learn their story. And as Julia was talking about before, then once you learn their story, you kind of figure out kind of what makes them tick, what's their desire of their heart, the longing of their heart, however you want to phrase it, then being able to speak the gospel to that. And in the training, we give some examples. And again, I can't really get into all of that right now, but kind of sum that up is as you seek to bless others, basically share the gospel through action and then being able to later share it through word. That's where the organic comes in is we can't write a like script of like, here's what somebody's exactly going to tell you about their story and here's how you share the gospel. We can give some examples, but a lot of it comes down to just letting the Holy Spirit work through us and speak through us in that moment. I'm glad you said that about that it takes time and that reminder because we do live in a culture where we want everything now. And if we don't go in with the mindset that it will take time and to be patient with not the project, but be patient with the process because the spirit might work quickly. The spirit might work slowly, but to be in that mindset of being okay with that, just nurturing that relationship and being okay with that and just realizing that it's not going to be a quick thing. You have to be there in your head. Otherwise, I think early defeat would set in. Well, even there, you know, the times I've seen where somebody has confessed Jesus as Savior, that last step, if you will, it's usually when it's a fast one, it's because somebody else did the work before I got there. Mm. You know, and so we got to be careful how we use these words because we know that the Holy Spirit's working behind yeah, all this, absolutely. you know. So if I bring in the harvest, it's because somebody else planted first and somebody else watered. It wasn't that, oh, my magic words. And that's, I think a lot of people really get into that. They go, well, so-and-so, every time they talk to somebody, then they become a believer. But somebody else is invested before that. It's not that that person has the magic formula, the magic words. It's that other things have happened that's led up to that. Yeah, we talk about that because there may be examples where it's like, all right, you know, I'm able to share the gospel to somebody's story. It's like the Holy Spirit works in that moment and they come to faith and you're like, oh man, that was easy. But again, to your point, we don't know all the work, all the planting, the watering that other people did leading up to that. So yeah, I think that's extremely important. Like you said, I've been trying to be very careful with how I phrase things too, because I I want to make very clear again, reiterate, like we do not do the growing. It is the Holy Spirit that does the growing. We're just, again, those willing messengers and just those willing workers as this Holy Spirit works through. So. Well, that that's a whole episode for another podcast. How are we, Jesus' hands and feet? You know, it's the Holy Spirit working through us. And that's an eternal theological discussion about where the, our will starts and where God's work starts. But we give all credit to belief to the Holy Spirit. We are just the vessels through which he has chosen to work. And we are flawed vessels, but somehow God continues to work through us because he is God. I think we're probably running out of time here, but something else just to kind of bring up that we talk about at the end is we also bring up those words again, organic and organized. 
the organic mission that we can live on is just our day in, day out. And as things arise, as God presents those opportunities, we can share the gospel through action, through word, seek to bless others, have those meaningful conversations where it's not planned, it just happens. But then there's also can be more of an organized where if you really feel like, okay, God's calling me, I really put, feel like he's put on my heart to reach out to maybe it's my neighborhood or a certain group of people, whatever it may be, then it's a little bit more organized in terms of planning, okay, how am I going to be strategic to bless them, to build relationships. There's going to be organicness within that, obviously, but there's a little bit more organized and planning of like, God's calling me to reach this group of people. How am I going to go about doing that? And I would say, again, in terms of getting organized to reach the one, to develop your own resilient faith through those five-by-two practices. You know, I think some of the times that I've been able to bless others, I've been able to say, hey, can I pray for you? And do it right on the spot. People go, I don't know how to pray out loud. Well, that's a skill you ought to work on because that's something that blesses others greatly when they're going through a time of distress, just for you to take the time and to pray for them. Or, again, if you can't find those words of encouragement from Scripture, spend some more time in Scripture and memorize some of those passages. Ask other folks that you know, hey, what's been a passage that's really encouraged you? Because you can bless others by sharing God's Word. Now, we've talked about physical ways to bless others, too. You know, bringing the meal when they had a loved one. You know, just the gift of time. You know, sitting with somebody in a recovery room. It shows that they're important to you. But spend time in those five-by-two disciplines developing your own resilient face so that when you have that opportunity, you're able to step up and say, I've got something I can bless you with. And to attach to that the importance of the, the compelling community, like you said, to be able to practice those things in an environment where you feel more comfortable, like praying out loud, praying with fellow believers and praying out loud where you become more comfortable or finding those ways to share the gospel with one another, remind each other of the gospel. So you're able to practice in that more comfortable setting and then be able to move outside your comfort zone. And then, like you said, George, you become more and more comfortable after that. So, yeah, that's why like the Vision 28, I just feel like it all just ties together right. so well. Well, and again, you know, when you start talking about sharing your faith, right away all the introverts are a little more uncomfortable because they're more about listening to others and not necessarily opening up themselves, whereas us extroverts will just throw stuff out there. But God does use all of us. And so God will give you the opportunity within your personality, within your gifting, to reach out to somebody that will connect to you better than to me. In the training, I think there's a little bit for everybody, you know, no matter what introvert, extrovert, whatever personality style you are, I think there's something in there for you. And Dustin, you act like you want to say, say something. Oh, no, I was just going to add in like, that's where the relational mission Mm -hmm. comes in. Like, it's all about relationships. And it may, for introverts like me, it maybe it's going to look a little bit different than for somebody like George is more of an extrovert. But to your point, there's a little bit for everybody. That's why it comes down to those relationships. Right. And pouring into somebody means different things for different people on the receiving and the giving end. So it's not necessarily just talking or just listening. I like the term pouring, P-O-U-R-I-N-G, because it looks different for everybody. Did I need to spell that? I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. That's a teacher thing. (laughs) There again, if you look at those saints in the Bible that God has given for us, the 12 disciples, the 11 faithful, let's go with the 11 faithful, such different personality styles among them. So even Mary and Martha, you know, Martha scurrying around serving Jesus. That was blessing Jesus. Mary chose to sit at his feet, and Jesus said that she's chosen the needful thing, and yet ultimately in Jesus' ministry, both types of service were necessary, the growing in the knowledge, but also in the service. And so God's going to use us each with our own gifts and talents and, and abilities. And that's a great reminder not to judge ourselves 
you know, like, oh man, she's doing this or he's doing that. God's going to use everyone differently in any situation. So not to judge that you're, you know, not as adequate. God knows. God knows what you're capable of and just being in tune with him, he'll let you know. Right. God needs the little pinky, just like he needs the big bicep. So we'll just leave it right there. You can you can make your own judgment call on what you are there. I say, does God really need any of that? <laughs> if you use the analogy of the body that Paul used. All right. As we kind of wrap up, you know, we've been talking about this training path of reaching the one. You might be interested. Again, continue to pray about this. Maybe you know that one that you would love to share the gospel with and you're still kind of afraid to do it. And you go, ah, I just need some help. If this is something that God's maybe prodding you that you need to have some of those tools, send us a note. Dustin Weber, Julie Dietrich, George Denholm, got questions at St. Peter's, any one of those. Those of you that haven't found our pattern with our email address, it's our first initial and then our last name, and then at stpeters-columbus.org. If we have a bunch of people that are ready to do it, Julie and Dustin would love to run a training session with those folks. We're looking to have some opportunities maybe on Sunday morning to offer that, but we want to make sure that we can equip the saints to be what they need to be, to share that gospel with those that need it, whether they are faithful Christians that just need a reminder of all that God's done for them, or they're yet to know Jesus, we have a great gift in the gospel. Or if you've been listening and it's just a lot to take in and it's a lot of vocabulary, a lot of terms, and you just want to hear it again or just simplify, that would be another reason to maybe check out the training just to hear it. Because I've heard it several times and every time I get something different from it, I know it's a lot to process. So just hearing it again, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. As George said, feel free to reach out if you're like, wow, this is something I would want to be part of. We're still working on next steps and planning and all that kind of thing off of the two pilots. But if somebody's interested, please reach out, let us know, and we'll uh, definitely be in contact. And even if it's just, hey, I just want to come talk a little bit more about it. I love talking about this. I could talk about it all day. So I would be more than willing to talk with anybody. So, Well, as we wrap up this series, to our listeners, thank you for continuing to listen, and we enjoy having these discipleship conversations and look forward to more in the future. Now go out and serve God and others.